We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Alan Soslowski here with the creator of the world famous PSM single input model. You know him better as Adam Levitan from Establish the Run. What's up, Adam? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, who could uh, who could not introduce you with your 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 proprietary algorithm first? Uh, so it, it you know that's the best part of what you guys do over there is that. You feel loose when you're podcasting. Is that kind of like how Establish the Run got started? I mean, I know um, you've been you've been out there for a few years now. Uh, just give us a little bit of the background uh, for those who don't know how you started in the fantasy industry. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I, I was um, a journalism major way back in college. I graduated in 2004, and I always thought I would be a beat writer for a team, and and uh, just realized quickly that that really wasn't for me. There's just, that's like all networking and uh, ass kissing of, of uh, front office people and, and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, I, I was playing uh, poker and I was playing a lot of fantasy and um, yeah, it's just, I started writing an article for this newspaper and uh, Greg Rosenthal found it and I started working at Roto World and and then, you know, long story short, kind of left uh, the season long industry behind for the most part in, in 2015 to just uh, go full blast into DFS. And, and that's kind of been what I've been doing uh, ever since. What was that moment when you realized that, hey, I'm not going to the corporate umbrella. You know, I loved working for DraftKings. I love working for a road to world, but it's time to go out on our own. What was that moment for you, that entrepreneurial moment? Yeah, I think you can see pretty clearly how media has changed where you can go direct to consumer and you don't need a middleman anymore. You know, I don't need someone to um, tell me I can be on their YouTube channel or I, I can launch, uh, need them to help me launch a podcast. Like everything can be direct to consumer now. And so, you know, it's different for everybody. For, for me uh, and Evan, we knew we had a pretty big audience already that was pretty dedicated to us and so there was really no risk you know all we were doing was kind of cutting out the, the third party and and yeah i mean obviously like when you do your own thing that the downside is going to be greater but the upside is going to be 
way greater too. And, and you're going to realize your actual value, like what the market says your value is, you're going to realize that much better than you would in any type of salaried or, or hourly job. And we're going to get to Adam's football takes, which you can get on his podcast at Establish the Run and go over there. And, and we're going to talk about your draft kit and all the products. But I just, you know, a lot of people have been following you. Like you said, you had a, a pretty big audience for a long time. And these are the questions that I, as someone that consumes your content, that I've always wanted to ask. So wh- where are you from? Are you from Philadelphia? No, I, I'm from Virginia, uh, okay. near DC, and uh, I went to Penn State, and then uh, after Penn State, I, I moved to Philly in 2004, and, and I lived there until about two months ago, and, and now I'm in Denver, Denver yeah. suburbs. Are you a longtime listener of Howard Stern? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because obviously, your you've made it your fantasy football signature outro. You've said it all, and yeah. as someone that listens to Howard every day, uh, you know, I, I was fig. I had to, you know, I. I figured there had to be a connection there. So I like how you brought the two, your two passions together. That's pretty, pretty cool. Who was it back in the day when you were still trying to gain your confidence and build your audience? Who told you you had the goods? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I think there's, you know, our generation is unique. You know, I, I, I'm, uh, I'll be 39 uh, later this month. And, and our generation is unique in that we didn't grow up with the internet. I didn't have a cell phone until I was a senior in college, I remember going to the library in high school and like loading up Prodigy uh, to get on the internet to check fantasy basketball teams. And so it's just, it, it's a unique generation. We also, our generation lived through, um, I think, kind of a change in the way we looked at gambling. In other words, like people from my generation, I mean, I would, I, I mean, I couldn't even face doing a, pulling a slot machine or playing roulette or, or playing blackjack or anything like that. I think our generation is more thoughtful with skill games when it comes to gambling. And so you saw the poker boom and you saw the boom of DFS and the boom of fantasy football. And so I I think um, I realized quickly that there were a lot more people like me out there than maybe the old guard would assume, you know? And so uh, I, I think a connection with the audience by, by, uh, just being authentic and and um, being realistic and connecting with them on, on the things that our generation likes to do. Uh, it was pretty clear that that I was connecting with a lot of people, I think, uh, for sure. You bring up an interesting point, you know, and I'm not too much older than you, only a handful of years older than you. And we come from a generation where you had to pick up the phone to make a bet. You would say five times. Remember that you'd say five times on this team or 10 times. And that meant time. What was it? Times five. Right. So if you were in a five timer, that meant a twenty five dollar bet. Yeah. And yeah. and I used to, you know, even in college, uh, I would uh, use my landline to call for scores. And so you, there was a number you would call. You couldn't get scores really any other way. Um, and you would call. And it would, you would say sports, and then they would say, you know, what sport? And you would say college football. And then you would say, you know, like Marshall, and they would tell you the, the current score of the Marshall game. Um, you know, it was it, it was crazy, but but yeah, I mean, that, I remember that stuff pretty clearly. So you famously have told the story many times about establish the run and how the name came about for the company. It's kind of goofing on the old guard, which is establish the run in order to better your game. So. How did you decide on that name eventually? And what were a couple of the names that uh, that were pretty good that were on the cutting room floor at the end of the day? Yeah, it wasn't easy. You know, every site is Roto something or Fantasy something or, Voila, or, or right above Roto us. Wire. Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> honestly, those are those are great names for sure. It's just it's kind of saturated, and so we wanted to do something different. 
I don't even remember what the cutting room floor ones were, honestly. Um, I remember thinking that it was dangerous from an SEO perspective not to have uh, Fantasy or Roto in the name, but we're not really going for an SEO play very much anyways. And we did some research right. and found that, uh, you know, it doesn't help that much when there's so many other, uh, you know, fantasy and, and Roto things already out there. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the, the, the beauty of it is that people, even if they're like kind of old guard, they're like, oh yeah, establish the run. Exactly. That makes sense. And then like younger people and people who are in tune with it know that like, you know, we're being sarcastic and, and, you know, establishing the run is like the worst way to try to win a football game. And so, um, yeah, so it kind of, it kind of works both ways. And there was kind of the double entendre with, with, you know, establishing run and fantasy or, or gambling or whatever you want to call it. And so, yeah, yeah I, I thought that it worked, but yeah, it, it definitely wasn't easy. It's harder than it seems to, to make a name. Oh, totally. And I, you know, I was one of those, when I first heard it, I, I was laughing to myself. I said, these, these guys have, have got it right. They understand the joke. Like I was, in, I felt good because I was in on the joke early, but I know people that weren't that were like, what the hell is this name? So it all did work out and you were right. Con- good content is good content. People are going to follow along. I was always curious, what is your first nostalgic memory of football? Was it a game? Was it a, a video game that got you hooked? What got you hooked? What, when you when I talk about football when you were a kid, what's the first thought that pops in your mind? Yeah, I don't know. Probably uh, I was um, a formerly known as Redskins, now Washington football team fan. And, and when the Doug Williams team won the Super Bowl, uh, I guess it was, I don't know, 87 or 89 or something. I, I don't remember exactly. Uh, Doug Williams came to my elementary school and we all got to shake his hand. And and I remember like one of my teachers like almost passed out from from getting to shake Doug Williams' hand. And I was like, that's pretty crazy. You know, I and and yeah, I, you know, I I was always more into uh playing fantasy and 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 gambling than uh actually watching games. You know, I, I remember clearly playing the USA Today game, which I'm sure a lot of people my age remember where they would give you the salaries in the United in the USA Today paper, and then you would call in and like, you know, Barry Sanders was number like four one four two or something like that. And you would say, I want four one four two on my team this week. And you would have to call back on Tuesdays to get the results. And so yeah, I, I mean I, I remember all that and and yeah, I you know the thing for me is I I was never really that into just watching football just for the sake of watching football or caring too much about the teams. I I was always kind of playing fantasy even from a really young age. What do you think that the NFL, what rule could they change today that would just make the game better? I mean, you, you and everyone over at Establish the Run, you see the game uh, a, a couple steps ahead of where it's going. Uh, I remember on your recent interview with you know Adam Schefter, I interviewed him as well not too long before you. And I asked him, we had a couple questions that we both wanted to know. And it was, does the NFL know how important fantasy is to it? That, that was a great question that you asked them there. And But what rule would you think that the NFL could change that would make the better game? a better game today yeah i think they that the biggest thing they need to do is create a better watching experience when you're watching one game like it's incredibly boring to watch a three three and a half hour game and when there's only really like 30 minutes of game action you know i mean there's so many stoppages and commercials i'd love to see a shorter play clock i think would be cool less time in the huddle you know, I think they've done a lot of good things in regards to the defensive rules. You know, I, I think they should call holding less unless it's completely egregious. 
but yeah, I mean, in the long term, obviously solving like the concussion issue is going to be really hard. But, you know, I could see in 20, 50, 100 years, you know, the NFL, if the NFL loses its spot, it's going to be because of, of the health stuff. And I, I think they know that. And so I, I think they've done things, but it's going to be hard to keep the same spirit of the game and also have player safety in mind. So I'm glad I don't have to make that call. But I do think that's like the biggest threat for sure to, to the NFL's perch atop the sports world. How do you watch football on Sundays? Do you watch, Do you have like red zone on? Do you have your, your phone in hand? Give me the whole setup. I, I love to hear how people that really watch the game and, you know, I mean, I see you tweeting on Sundays as well. So give me the whole setup. Do you have your feet up? Are you drinking? You're not drinking. What's going on? Yeah, no, I'm just like so stressed. You know, I'll, I'll have a lot of money uh, <laughs> in, in, in play on, on Sundays. And so it's, <sighs> I'm just like really stressed i'll usually have red zone on on one screen and maybe a game on the other screen but really the what i'm watching most which sounds crazy i know people think it's crazy but i like watching the words the word descriptions of um the play-by-play so like if you're watching on espn or or cbs or i don't know wherever wherever it is it'll say like patrick mahomes incomplete 12 yards to miko hardman or something like that and then say like second down you know clyde edwards Alaire rush up the middle four yards and like I, I i'm able to digest better because i can read uh all those as they happen i don't miss a single play anywhere uh in the entire league and and to me like how a guy looks or or his talent or some spectacular play he makes is is asking for trouble when you're watching games so i try not to get into that too much i'm so much more focused on opportunity and and the way players are being used and i think the words actually uh help me digest better how players are actually being used. Yeah, you talked about that on one of your recent podcasts about preseason opportunity. Uh, for those who haven't heard that podcast, just give a brief synopsis why that's so important in the preseason. Because most people, it's easy to say the preseason doesn't matter. Obviously, that is not the truth. So talk about preseason opportunity just for a minute. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, some coaches will pull funny business, but the overwhelming majority of them are trying to get their first teamers reps like they will have in the regular season. And so if they uh, do something like line Irv Smith up as a wide receiver in the slot on half of Kirk Cousins snaps, well, I think that's something we can take away into week one if they decide that they're going to have Gio Bernard in for every single third down and Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette aren't going to get a single third down. That's something that I think that's going to carry over to the regular season. And so we get way more information and clues about how players are going to be used in the preseason than we do with all of this BS beat writer speculation that we get for four or five, six months, you know, in those three, it used to be fourth, now three preseason games, we learn so much more because it doesn't really matter what the beat writers think or what we think, you know, all that matters is what the coaches think. And so if a coach is going to use a player in a certain role uh, with the starters in the preseason, I think that's really likely to carry over. And it's by far the best clue that we have. I'm here with Adam Levitan from Establish the Run. You are watching the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, and we're just going to take a short break from a word from our sponsor. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we're back. If you're watching on the live stream, you didn't have to sit through the commercial. So, and you know how that's done, Adam. Uh, recently, like we just talked about a minute ago, you had Schefter on your podcast, but your podcast is not known for having guests. You you guys drive uh, the the you do the solo podcast, which is I think is one of the hardest things to do out there is to you to keep people's attention when you're the only one talking. You are you do it well. You really hone that skill. But if you do go to, uh, there's got to be a wish list. I even asked Schefter that when I spoke to him. I said, "Who is your, who's your guest that you want to get on the podcast? Who's someone for you? If you could get anybody, doesn't matter football related or not, who would you want to interview on your podcast?" Yeah, I, I think Sam Hinkie. Um, you know, uh, being in Philadelphia and kind of seeing how he was vilified by the public for doing what was so clearly right <laughs> uh, to me, I, I think is really interesting, and I, and. He just strikes me as just an incredibly smart guy, not just in sports, but everywhere. He's recently, I believe, launched his own VC fund. And, you know, I've done some dabbling in in investing in companies and stuff like that. And I think that's an interesting uh, path to go down with him, too. And, and, you know, applying the same principles that you would use in logic that you would use to making decisions in fantasy or sports or running the Sixers or investing companies and applying that to your life decisions, you know, who to marry or where to live and all these things is, is I find interesting. And that's what I've tried to do on the, on the solo pod. And I think, you know, people um, uh, connect with the solo pod because they don't really, you know, everybody I know thinks about every decision in life as an EV calculation. And it's a tough way to live. It's not, it's, I don't know if it's the best way to live, but it's like the only way that kind of we know how. And so to think of everything, like, should I mow the lawn now or should I pay someone to do it? Or should I go play catch with my kid? Or should I grind this showdown slate? You know, like these are all like decisions that um, are uh, in my head, at least EV calculations. And so that, that wouldn't, uh, it's not a great way to live, but I think that's the way Sam Hinkie lives also. And so I'd be, I, I think I would, I would like to have him for sure. Yeah, the the definition of life is trading time for money. You know, you're either putting money towards it or you're you're taking time towards it. And I was going to make the the easy joke saying that thank God that my wife didn't use the the PSM model when <laughs> calculating to marry me. You know, I might have been in trouble. But uh, so you talked about on your podcast that you have over forty season long props. Which one is the one that you're rooting for the most? Oh man, what a you know. I- there's so many, there's caps on all these, uh, you know, obviously. And so if you, anybody's bet props knows that you can't get uh, a lot of money down. It's not like a week one game. You can't just get whatever you want down. So I have pretty much the same amount on um, all of them. Uh, 
And so I'm not really rooting for one over the other. A couple of them are looking good already. You know, the T.Y. Hilton unders are looking good. He's he's already hurt. Um, have Rashad Perriman unders and and he got cut. He needs to play a snap at least for the vets to have action. And so so yeah, there, there's just there's one 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 that I actually did get a lot on was when Carson Wentz got hurt and it sounded like it was bad. I I ended up getting a lot against the Colts and now it looks like Carson Wentz is going to be back week one, which, which kind of sucks. But, uh, but yeah, you know, obviously you're able to get way more down on stuff like uh, bet against Colts win total or bet against Colts in week one and week two, than you are on the, on the props. One of your signature columns, which is my favorite, is called Abusing the Rankings. And this is where, I mean, I think I was kind of like subconsciously doing this a little bit, but you brought it to, you actually marketed it properly. And just explain to everyone briefly what it is and why it's an important column they should read over Establish the Run. Yeah, I mean, most people that we draft against are showing up with nothing except a few thoughts in their head about players. And so they're going to lean on the rankings in the applet. You know, if you're playing on ESPN or Yahoo or, or CBS or sleeper NFL, wherever you're playing, um, they're going to have default rankings in there. And these rankings, I mean, in my opinion are just absolutely egregious, but people are going to use them uh, as the, as the Bible. Like, you know, if, if one guy that doesn't matter what we have at established run or whatever, like, if we have a guy 20 spots ahead, but he's 20 spots behind in ESPN's default ranks, like people are going to lean towards, lean away from that guy. They're going to be afraid to take him. And so just being aware of where guys are in the default ranks is huge. And also, you know, being able to scroll down, you know, it gets to round 11. I mean, there's guys ranked, you know, 250th on ESPN that we have in the top 100, you know? And so if you're willing to scroll down to 250 and take a guy, you can get him later, but you should still be aware to scroll down that he's there. And just, I, I would just encourage people massively don't use the default rankings as a crutch and be aware that our opponents are almost certainly using the default rankings as a crutch. Yeah. Cause a lot of those default rankings will also take into account some of the mock drafts where people just walk in, you know, select Tim Tebow in the first round and walk out and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Uh, what is, when you go into what you call full virgin mode, I always it doesn't matter how many times you talk about that. Like I still laugh. Like it's it's you know just like at Howard Stern. There's certain jokes he talks about that like doesn't matter how many times he abuses it. So when you go into full virgin mode and you're in like DFS mode, what is your sleep schedule like? And I know that question sounds familiar because you asked Shepter that question. Mm-hmm. But what is your sleep schedule like? Yeah, um, I actually have done a reasonable amount of research on sleep, and and it's I mean you're just torching uh, EV if you're not sleeping eight hours a night, like absolutely torching it, you know? And so I really, really try to get a full eight hours each night um, during the season. You know, um, I, I don't, I don't, you know, the way Schefter's living, I don't think is healthy for 99% of people. He, he is a unique. He's the Terminator. He's the Terminator. Sure. Man. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so I I really think that one of the easiest things you can do, like the easiest life hack you can do is like go to bed at 10 and and get up at six. Like, you know, it's not or or 11 to seven or 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 12 to eight or or whatever you want to do. I I think it's actually really, really important. So even during the season, you know, the the season gets into a routine like once the season starts where it's pretty predictable. You know, what's unpredictable is stuff during the preseason, you know, like injuries and trades and and weird things happening in the preseason games are happening at all different times. You know, the regular season is, is more of a schedule. So I'm actually be more on a more of on a good routine once the season, once the season starts. 
Well, I'm going to get you into some fantasy football takes right now uh, because I don't want to keep you too long. We're here with Adam Levitan from Establish the Run. Uh, if, if Who's a player that if everything goes right this year, who is it and what happens? Oh, I mean, if everything goes right for Clyde Edwards, Alaire, I mean, he would be uh, a league winner for sure. I've seen him go in the third round at times now. I, I think there's reason to be have skepticism that Jerk McKinnon is going to play on third downs and Darrell Williams could play at the goal line. And, you know, it could be not as clean as it seems for Clyde Edwards Alaire, but let's say he it does end up as the third down back um, and he's getting 15, 16 carries a game for the Chiefs and he's handling a large portion of their inside the 10 and inside the five carries. I mean, Clyde Edwards Alaire could completely break the game this year. And so I think the floor is lower than people realize on CEH, but the but the ceiling is probably higher than they realize also. One of the signature phrases that you've used, you've called, uh, you've called, uh, what's his name? Uh, Arizona coach, you call him a fake sharp, mm-hmm. right? You call him a fake sharp. I, uh, Cliff Clainsbury. Who's the most underrated coach in the NFL right now? So obviously Bill Belichick is properly rated. Who would mm-hmm. be a good, a sneaky good coach, the opposite of Cliff Kingsbury, where everyone thinks he's smart, but the sharp community knows he's a donkey. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the Carolina guys, Joe Brady and those guys are doing a really, really, really good job. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the community thinks of, of those guys. I, I assume they maybe they think that they're already pretty sharp. I don't know. But but yeah, I mean, when I think about the spot for Sam Darnold, like to go from Adam Gaze and this Jets organization to Joe Brady and the Panthers organization and the upgrade in weapons and and just upgrade in, in franchise overall. Like I think people are going to be surprised by how well. Sam Darnold plays this year. Um, and so, yeah, it makes a big difference. I mean, much different than any other sport. Yeah, and Cliff, I mean, my God, you know, if it wasn't for Kyler, if, if he didn't have Kyler, I mean, Cliff would just look like such a disaster right now. But Kyler is so good, he he hides a lot of the problems, I think, that Cliff has. The only fa- in only fairness to Cliff Kingsbury is that most, at that time, it was not a popular thing to just discard the first-round quarterback that you drafted the, la- the year before and go for a quarterback. So if you're going to give this guy any credit, mm-hmm. at least he knew that what he needed to survive. So I will give him any, that would be the only amount of credit. Uh, you're a DFS specialist. Everyone, I mean, you, you have season-long prowess. You know the dynasty game. You know poker. You know all these things. But DFS is really what you've sunk your teeth into over the last decade or so. Anything stick out? Any tips uh, just that pop off the page for week one? Yeah, I actually, you know, a, a tip right away would be don't start looking at salaries and stuff like that until uh, you're actually ready to make lineups. And by ready to make lineups, I mean you have all that available information. And so – between now and week one, there is going to be a ton of injury and depth chart information. And um, I think it's worth digesting all that first before you start making teams. I don't make a shell. I don't do any stupid stuff like that. I'm just accumulating information, accumulating information as much as I can. And then making the teams uh, should be relatively easy once you have all that. You know, I, I think that people aren't you know, especially beginners in DFS just aren't price sensitive enough. In NFL, we don't have to be as price sensitive as we might have to be in NBA DFS. But still, I mean, the difference between a guy costing 8K and 7,200 is just way more than people realize. Um, and the ability to find upside on your salary, you know, each player's salary through your lineup. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a lot. I, I would say game selection, you know, going and firing at the Millie Maker uh, you're probably not going to have a very fun experience and certainly un- really unlikely to have a profitable experience. You know, I, 
I have a lot of articles up about game selection in the book. I talk about game selection. I'm actually working on an article over the next couple of days about exactly how I would read if I want to play $100 on DraftKings in week one, if I wanted to play 500 in week one, if I wanted to play 1,000 in week one, how would I sign up for contests? Which contests would I play? And I mean, that's just everything. I mean, I don't think people realize how important that is. And so that would be another thing. But but yeah, it's deep. And that's why I like DFS so much. I mean, I could keep going about, about DFS for, for, for hours for sure. Yeah, I could see it in your face. I could hear it in your voice about how passionate you are. And obviously that shows up when you when you play and how you talk about it. Uh, you know, my my specialty is dynasty and it's season long and I love best ball. Uh, I'm a casual DFS player, but so I want to run this by you. And I if this is a total like if this is something that's been thought of by all the DFS sharks, just tell me. I want you to be brutally honest. Is something like taking uh, in a showdown slate, say putting Justin Fields in your week one captain spot. Because he's not starting. And similar to what happened with Tom Savage and Deshaun Watson, where Watson came in in the first quarter and got a whole season's, a whole game's worth of stats. Is that something that's viable for Justin Fields in week one against the Rams? Could they pull Andy Dalton in the first quarter? And then you're like literally the only one that has Justin Fields. Is that a, a reasonable play or is that just totally dumb? Hmm. You know, that's, I don't think that's a DFS strategy question. That's a question of how well you know the Bears. Like, what hmm. do you think the chances are that actually happens? If you think that it's, I don't know, 2%, maybe it would be worth it. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I'd be surprised if he, him coming in the first quarter was, was 2%. It's probably much less than that. So if you think it's you know under 1% or a half percent or something, I think it's probably a pretty bad thing to do. Well, it's still probably better than my edge of winning, uh, for me, winning the million bucks. Who's your I can't quit you player? A player where it just it hasn't happened a couple of years in a row, but you're not giving up again this year. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be McCole Hardman. I mean, you know, uh, I, I mean, McCole Hardman has looked so, so bad. But, man, he's he's 23. And, God, the impediment to him really having a big role or a reasonable role, at least, is Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle. And, and so it, it's just, you know, I know he functions best in the Tyreek Hill role, which he won't have unless Tyreek Hill gets hurt. But there's still other opportunities, particularly in three wide receiver sets. So. You know, I think as you get to round 9, 10, 11, I still want to take chances on McCole Hardman. Um, and I was actually out on McCole Hardman last year. So maybe that's not the right answer to this question. But I think with Sammy there, with Sammy Watkins there, he was much more blocked. And this year, it's a, it's a different story for McCole, at least in terms of opportunity. We'll see if he's actually ready to capitalize on it. Is he featured in your favorite flyer section? He's in there, yeah. Yeah, he better be, right? So... Uh, who is in the age of information, like information is everywhere for fantasy football. I mean, the people that know almost nothing about fantasy football are letting me know who their favorite sleepers are. And there, some of them are not that ridiculous. What do you think the edges in season long fantasy football in 2021? Oh, I mean, you know, it depends who you're playing against, you know, uh, in some of these online formats, you know, it's tough, man. Um, people are very, very good. I think a lot of the online formats, it depends how good the default rankings are, you know? And so I think that makes a really big difference in home leagues. It's just, I don't know. Are your friends paying attention, you know, but like as is the average fantasy player, you know, better now than he was five years ago. I mean, not even a question. I mean, on uh, it's massively, massively, massively better. Uh, so, so yeah, it's it's definitely getting tougher. And and you know, any game where there's significant money line, you know, fifty dollar buying, hundred dollar buying is probably not going to be that tough in a home league. But you know, you start getting into higher stakes, just like anything else, um, it's going to be tougher. And and we just have to keep keep being better. 
one of the things we do over here at Rotowire is we try to take a look outside the top 24 ADP and say, who are the players that could end up on the 2022 cheat sheet as uh, the top five pick? Give me one player. We'll get you out of here after that. Who's the one player outside of the top 24 that you could see the case that's going to be a top three, four pick next year? Oh, man. I actually have a list of this because I actually do this article every year. And like Jonathan Taylor last year was just an absolute layup. And, and it's it's players who are being drafted outside of the third round who actually have a chance to go uh, in round one the following year and just trying to get in front of them. And, you know, I, I have a big list here, but I, I would say that the most likely one to me would be Kyle Pitts because you see how Waller and Kittle and Kelsey get pushed up due to positional scarcity and you see how much value an elite tight end has uh, over the field when you can't really match it. You can't, you can't get it together in round six, seven, eight, nine. You can't scrape it together off the waiver wire like you can at running back. And so having an elite tight end is so valuable in season long. And then Kyle Pitts, I don't know if he's going to be an absolute superstar this year, but even if he gets to a thousand yards with nine touchdowns and then he goes into year two, like that would probably be enough for him to be a first round pick, assuming Matt Ryan is still uh, on, uh, still has his arm attached to him. So, so yeah, I think Kyle Pitts would probably be the most likely this year of the guys going third round or later. One of the questions I didn't get to, but I, I like to ask is what do you, what's the big reveal in week one, we get the big reveal. What's the big reveal you're most waiting for. And I think you already answered it. You want to see if Kyle, if Kyle Pitts goes uh, eight for 80 and two touchdowns, could you imagine the, it's good. What Twitter is going to erupt into, or conversely, if he goes two catches for 20 yards, uh, it's just going to be, well, I'm preparing for Kyle Pitts porn or Kyle Pitts war uh, after week one is over. Yeah. I, I have a lot invested in the Bengals pass game right now in best ball and stuff like that. You know, I have a lot of chase and Higgins and Boyd. Um, I'm curious to see a, if the offensive line can make the improvements that I think they're capable of B if Joe Burrow is healthy and C if all this Jamar chase rhetoric is true. You know, I find it really hard to believe that dude who won the Blitnikoff award at age 19, all of a sudden forgot how to play football because some beat writer said that he doesn't look good in camp or whatever, you know, that, that, that is the kind of stuff that I really try to avoid. And so there's been a nice dip on Jamar chase that I've been buying. Um, and I think T Higgins is a baller and I think Tyler Boyd could catch hundred passes easily. So I'm really curious to see how the Bengals pass game uh, comes out. I'm optimistic, but maybe I'm, I just have too many eggs in the basket to, to be pessimistic. No, you make a great point because I, I referee high school basketball. And if I don't do a game for like two or three weeks, I, I'm a little rusty too. I may miss a foul or do, you know, call something I shouldn't call. So him dropping a few passes after not playing competitive football for as long as it was, I think that that's forgivable too. Okay. I'm going to get you out of here, Adam. I'm going to do some of the plugs so you don't have to do them. If I miss anything, you could, you could fill them in. Okay. Adam Levitan. Follow him on Twitter, at Adam Levitan. If you're watching on the live stream, his name is right there, so you don't have to worry about how to spell it. Uh, you're going to go over to Establish the Run, and you are going to go check out their draft kit, which Adam always thinks is underpriced, right? That's I love when you tell them that it's underpriced. Oh, it's 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 ridiculously underpriced. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still pissed about it, yeah. Yep, and that's the thing, is that I think that, you know, there's, 
like when I was a consumer of content, when I wasn't just when I wasn't creating content, I would get multiple draft kits. I think sometimes uh, people think there's oh you you know they're promoting this draft kit, so that that hurts ours. But I think that I wanted to see everyone's all my favorite analysts. So if Adam Levitan, he, he was someone I followed, I got his draft kit. And if you know Matthew Berry was someone I followed at that point, I would go see his draft kit. I'm you know I'm spending so much time and money in fantasy football. A couple draft kits, it's not going to break you. It's only going to enhance your experience. You buy multiple magazine why wouldn't you get multiple draft kits right yeah and and honestly I, i'm mostly joking because it really depends on the stakes that you're playing you know if you're only in one 50 league obviously a 35 dollars draft kit uh is a big portion of what you could potentially win but you know See, I, I disagree in a sense where fantasy players are the only ones that'll spend uh spend 200 to win 50 <laughs> yeah well there's a lot of bragging rights you know in the league yes. and, and it's worth more than the monetary value i think for a lot of people in fantasy leagues and so that that makes sense to me for sure. But, but yeah, I mean, obviously if you're playing any kind of reasonable stakes, I, I think our information is, is worth way more than 35, but um, you know, is what it is. I, I agree. All right. Did I miss anything? Is there anything else that you want to talk about before I get you out of here? No, not at all. I mean, we're, we'll be grinding the DFS streets hard. We've been working already really hard, getting our projections and all our content ready for, for week one for DFS. So, you know, we're, you know, most of us are DFS specialists and that's where we put most of our time and money in during the regular season. And so, yeah, you guys should check out our in-season package if you're into playing DFS. And similar to what a fighter does, you know, your, their corner man would sit there and rub their shoulders before they go into a big fight. They just remind them, slip the jab, remember to hit the right. What's the last piece of fantasy football advice you want to give people before they draft this weekend? Yeah, it, you want to think about what's going to happen going forward instead of what happened in the past. You know, like we don't make money on people's stats from last year or the year before or the year before that we make money on their stats from this year. And so I'm not saying we should completely disregard everything they've done in the past. Cause that's the baseline for what they're going to do going forward. But think about how things have changed and what they're going to do going forward. I think is the way to be ahead of the curve. He's Adam Levitan from establish the run. I'm Alan Sislowski and we'll see you on the next Rotowire fantasy football podcast. Goodbye.